This podcast is brought to you from the theater department at Pym Arts High School, located in Eden Prairie, Minnesota, where arts and education meet. Hello, and welcome back to Girls to the Front, the history of women in punk. I'm Allie, and today's episode will talk about none other than L7, a fabulous grunge riot girl band from LA that was most prominent in the late 80s and early 90s. L7 is made up of four members, lead guitarist slash vocalist Susie Gardner, rhythm guitarist slash vocalist Donita Sparks, drummer slash vocalist Dee Placas, and bassist-slash-vocalist Jennifer Finch. You may have noticed that each member of the band, no matter what instrument that they play, are considered to be vocalists. This is because, at some point or another, each member sings in a collaborative and sometimes harmonizing manner. So how did this iconic band start? Well, the band initially was made up of two of the members that played shows with supporting musicians. Guitar-slash-singers Danita Sparks and Susie Gardner were both active in the Echo Park art community with music, visual art, zines, and poetry. After they met in 1985 and got to know each other, Gardner played Sparks one of the songs that she had written that was in progress. Sparks, who was also a musician, loved the energy of the music so much that they decided to collaborate and perform together at many underground punk, grunge, and metal venues, with a mixture of several supporting musicians, including friends and family. The duo later found a drummer, Ann Anderson, and a bassist, Jennifer Finch. Finch had a few connections to small record labels in the underground LA community, and she was able to get the band signed with Epitaph Records, where they recorded their first debut album. The album was quoted as being intense, energetic, straightforward punk, which I can attest to as all the songs on their album just radiate a sense of pure power. The name L7 was chosen as it was used by many of them as a slang term for being square, and it had no gender connotation, which was important to them as they didn't want to just be known as a girl band. So the name was really gender fluid. Anderson left the band with no real notice or reasoning after the release of their first record, and the band struggled in their early years to find a good permanent drummer. After playing with different random drummers, only used to keep a beat for their live shows, their wishes were finally answered when the insanely talented Dee Placas joined. The band was complete. L7 moved to Seattle in 1989 for a little bit, as they were playing many shows with Nirvana, who at the time were also just starting out in the music scene. As both bands got bigger, L7 went to Europe to open to, for Nirvana at several shows in 1990 and 1991. With their popular second album being released, titled Smell the Magic, in 1990, and their association with big bands, L7 was able to get signed by Slash Records, and the band excelled. The band, along with LA Weekly senior editor Sue Cummings, started a fundraiser concert series called Rock for Choice that raised funds for feminist and pro-choice groups in response to the 1980s and 1990s women's clinic bombings. When L7 took the stage, they were all wearing beauty contest gowns with slashes around them, each representing cities where anti-abortion violence had erupted. Sparks wore Miss Bakersfield, California. Placas wore 
Miss Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Finch wore Miss Peoria, Illinois, and Gardner wore Miss Newport Beach, California. The festival featured bands like Nirvana, Hole, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Mudhoney, and Raid Against the Machine. And it was a huge success, as great funds and awareness were raised for the cause. After releasing another four albums by 2001, the band started to decline and they lost funds as their albums weren't selling as well as they used to. They told fans on their website, quote, L7 are on an indefinite hiatus. We know this is vague, but it's just the way it is. The future of the band is a bit up in the air at the moment. After the announcement, the bandmates went their separate ways for many years, some forming other bands. But, like many other 90s Riot Girl bands, they reunited because of the political climate in 2016. Seeing as how badly women, POC, and other minorities were being treated, they came back and released their first song in over 18 years called Dispatch from Mar-a-Lago in response to the president's actions. With the loud rise of hatred and ignorance shown in aristocratic influential government in recent years, the country needed hardcore punk feminist action groups now more than ever. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's podcast. I'll see you all next week when we discuss the band Bratmobile. <laughs>